that's one of the parts that we put the biggest emphasis on because long-term recovery happens in the community. When it comes to your support and recovery coaching, this is one area that our, our state has been really strong. Uh, peer recovery specialist support is intended to enhance, not duplicate, replace, or compete with the valuable services already available in the community. Sometimes people are like, well, wait, what do you mean you like go to the gym with your client and you guys work out together? I'm like, well, their goal is they want to be in a supportive environment. So yeah, I'm going to go with them because sometimes the scariest part of doing any of that is walking in the door the first time. Welcome back. This is Something for the Pain, a podcast produced by Project Echo Idaho, made for Idaho's healthcare professionals working to prevent, treat, and facilitate recovery from opioid and substance use disorders in Valley County and throughout the Gem State. I'm your host, Sam Steffen. Well, the E stands for extensions, looking where we aim to be. CH is for community healthcare, the welfare you and me. On today's episode, episode 10, we're going to be talking all about peer recovery support specialists and the role they have to play in the recovery process. We're also going to be hearing from two peer recovery support specialists, Lindsay Brown, a certified peer recovery coach supervisor and certified peer support specialist at the Center for Behavioral Health in Boise, and Scott Jones, a nationally certified recovery coach and formerly the chapter manager of the Phoenix Recovery Center in Boise. Lindsay and Scott are going to be sharing a didactic presentation that was featured as a part of Echo Idaho's Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorders series. Following that presentation, I'm going to be talking with Lindsay Brown one-on-one to get a bit more insight into her story and learn more about what's involved in her role. All of that is coming up in today's episode of Something for the Pain. Sign up for our free sessions. There's a handful every month. Echo Idaho. You can earn CE credit while you sit and eat your lunch. Well, the Without further ado, here is Scott Jones and Lindsey Brown presenting their talk on the role of peer recovery specialists in the recovery process. This presentation was recorded live as a part of Echo Idaho's Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorders series on July 15th, 2021. To introduce the presenters, I'm going to turn it over to Echo Idaho's Assistant Director, Katie Palmer. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Project Echo Idaho's Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorders. Um, So today we're going to be talking about peer supports and hearing from our own panelists, Lindsay Brown and Scott Jones, who are going to tell us a little bit more about that and the role and how to access that and leverage the great resource that we have in our state. Um, So I will hand it off to you to introduce yourself and off we go. Great. Thank you, Katie. Uh, So again, Scott Jones, I am the program manager for the Phoenix, Boise, Phoenix, and all of Idaho, actually. And the Phoenix is a free, sober, active community. I'm also a nationally certified recovery coach and uh, a certified personal trainer, among a few other certifications. 
Um, so I'm excited to share this with you today. And I get to also, I'm excited because I get to share the uh, microphone with uh, my friend, Lindsay. So I'll let Lindsay um, jump in and share who she is. Hello, everybody. I'm Lindsay Brown, um, certified peer recovery coach and peer support specialist at Peer Recovery Sports of Idaho in Boise. Yeah, and thanks. And our learning objectives today. So we're really going to talk about what is a peer recovery specialist? Uh, how does a peer recovery specialist integrate into a recovery plan? How do they work, you know, um, with all of the spectrum of people that can support them and the benefit of having a peer recovery specialist on a team? So let's start by thinking about what is a peer recovery specialist. And peer recovery specialists are individuals who are in recovery from substance use or co-occurring mental health disorders. And their life experiences and recovery allows them to provide recovery support in such a way that others can benefit from their experiences. And there are a couple of common types of peer recovery specialists. Uh, so we have a peer support specialist, and that's generally a, a certified peer uh, who is a person in recovery from mental illness working in the behavioral health field who brings the gift of a lived recovery experience that includes addressing that whole person. So the mind, body, and spirit. And then we have recovery coaches. That's another common one. Uh, and that's a personal guide and mentor for people seeking recovery or who are in recovery. And the recovery coach really helps to remove barriers and obstacles. And, you know, they generally have some experience uh, navigating how to get resources. And so they can go in and, and help that recovering person connect to those resources and other recovery community folks. So when I, a lot of times when I say the term peer support, um, I don't just generally mean um, the mental health aspect because recovery coaching and peer support, um, they, they both provide peer support. Um, Idaho is actually the only state that differentiates between the two. And so it gets kind of confusing sometimes. Um, one of the things I always I always tell people that I that I'm coaching is I'm never going to give you any advice. I'm going to provide you with some mentorship. I'm going to provide you with some suggestions and I'm going to provide you with my own life experience of like how something worked out for me and, and what I did. Um, because if I give you advice and it, and it turns out to be bad advice, like then you can, you can blame me and not take accountability. And that's not what we want to do. We want to help to teach people accountability so that they're learning how to make their own decisions. Um, and they're making in, informed decisions to get those outcomes that they have um, with the informational stuff that's got some great examples, parenting classes, job readiness, wellness seminars. Um, those are some of the things that we connect people to because a lot of times, a lot of times like where I work, we, we do a lot of walk-in stuff. And so like people come to us and they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that there was all of this stuff out there. So like, we really need to know what the resources are in our area um, and always being current and up to date on those so that we're sending people to the places with their, where they want to go and where they're going to get help. And so that they also have options in that as well. We do not provide child care. Um, we can help to get people connected to child care to apply for different types of grants, things like that to get child care paid for. Um, we do do transportation for people, but that's not just, oh, like, hey, I need I need a ride like to work. The transportation that, that we provide for people is to help to remove um, an obstacle. You know, somebody they're 
they're somebody who's on um, probation or parole. And if they call me a couple of days beforehand and say, hey, I have my PO meeting, you know, this this day at this time, but I don't have a ride. Like, I'm going to work with them to try and find solution first, because I want to be the, the last option for that, because we don't want people to become dependent on the, the peer support. But we want to help them to, to figure out those plans, because if they just become dependent on me and, you know, it's my day off or I'm busy or, you know, whatever, um, they're not going to have those skills to, to figure out how to get to those places. Um, so we do, like I said, we do pre- provide transportation, but we are definitely not like just a personal taxi for people. Um, and then the affiliational part, like this, this is my absolute favorite part of what I get to do um, is spending time with people and getting them connected to you know, safe and sober environments, things like the Phoenix, things like where I work at Pure Wellness, recovery community centers, um, a lot of different things come come into play. And sometimes people are like, well, wait, what do you mean you like go to the gym with your client and you guys work out together? I'm like, well, their goal is they want to work on their physical health and they want to be in a supportive environment. So like the Phoenix. So yeah, I'm going to go with them because sometimes the scariest part of doing any of that is walking in the door the first time. So that's my favorite part of my job. And that's, that's one of the parts that we put the biggest emphasis on because long-term recovery happens in the community. So there are so many things that can describe what we do, um, but recovery mentor or peer mentor guide or coach is common. Uh, we've talked a little bit about peer support specialist. I like this one, Firestarter, a peer leader responsible for building local recovery communities in Native American communities. And then member, mentee, or peer are really common terms to describe people receiving peer recovery support. And there has been a lot of conscious thought to find and use identifying terms that really distinguish peer services and service providers from those in formal professional treatment programs or in mutual aid groups conducted by laypersons. So for this reason, terms such as counselor, case manager, sponsor, as well as client, consumer, or patient are really avoided. And this attention to language reflects the need to clearly distinguish the role of the peer recovery specialist from the role of the treatment counselor or other professional or even the 12-step sponsor. Uh, Peer recovery specialist support is intended to enhance, not duplicate, replace, or compete with the valuable services already available in the community. Thus, in addition to using language which is not associated with treatment or mutual aid programs, axioms such as the following are really uh, commonly heard. And so we got a little list here. So peers do not diagnose, peers do not provide therapy, peers do not give advice. And similarly, it is common to hear, you need to ask your sponsor, not me, for help working the 12 steps. Or that's a, really a question for the doctor or nurse. So how does a peer recovery specialist integrate into a recovery plan? And generally, mentors or coaches assist peers with tasks such as setting recovery goals, uh, maybe developing recovery action plans, solving problems directly related to recovery, including finding sober housing, making new friends, finding new uses of spare time, and improving one's job skills. 
They may also aid with issues that arise in connection with collateral problems, such as having a criminal justice record or coexisting physical or mental challenge. The relationship of the peer recovery specialist to the peer receiving help is highly supportive rather than directive. The duration of the relationship between the two depends on a number of factors, such as how much recovery time the peer has and how much other support the peer is receiving, or maybe how quickly the peer's most pressing problems can be addressed. The service activities of the peer recovery specialist in connecting peers to recovery resources may look like case management in substance use disorder treatment. The purpose of resource connecting services is to connect peers with professional and non-professional services and resources available in the community that can really help meet his or her individual needs on their road to recovery. The peer recovery specialist often has had personal experience kind of navigating the service systems and assessing the resources and they can bring those personal experiences to bear. Peer recovery support services typically can help peers with their most pressing early recovery needs, like finding a safe place to live and a job. Thus, peer recovery specialists are likely to refer peers to safe housing or to sources of information about housing and to a wide variety of resources and services that provide assistance in developing job readiness or finding any kind of job that they need. Peer recovery specialists also help assess, uh, navigate any formal treatment systems, advocating for their access and gaining admittance, as well as facilitating like discharge planning, all of those things. And it's typically in collaboration with treatment staff. So peer recovery specialists also encourage and support participation in mutual aid groups like the AA or NA Recovery Dharma, there's a whole list of options out there, and they provide specific information about the various groups that do exist in those communities. The benefit of having a peer recovery specialist is that self-disclosure and using one's own story as a means of enhancing the value of the service that they're doing. It's really an important dimension of the recovery mentoring or coaching role. In addition, a peer mentor or coach implicitly holds himself or herself out as a recovery role model. So with that, we get to talk about who is a peer recovery specialist. And for that, I'm going to hand it back over to our awesome Lindsey Brown. Yeah, so with the work that I get to do, you know, Scott just talked about all of those benefits and that that self-disclosure aspect. So um, one of the things when I'm when I first meet people and they kind of start telling me what's what's going on with them and what they want to be working on for their recovery. And I start to share a little bit about my story. It happens quite often where people are like, wait a minute, you you're like in recovery and you have this mental health diagnosis, but you seem like so stable and so put together. And I'm like, yeah, it took a lot of work to get there. Um, I'm very proud of of my recovery and, you know, what I get to do today and helping other people. I I get to do this stuff, you know, for work, but I also get to do these types of things in my own life to, to, to really go, um, where, where that works because snowboarding and hiking, those are both things that I have done with people that I have been providing peer support services to. Um, and again, sometimes, like I said, people are like, well, what do you mean you like go snowboarding with people? How's that helping them with their recovery? Well, I can tell you with my own personal experience, it wasn't until I got sober and got, you know, um, got stable in my own mental health and got a, a 
around a group of people who were doing like these really, really cool things in life. Like I had no idea I even remotely liked snowboarding that I could snowboard. Um, and it turns out that I really, really love it. And that is something that's just like, it's a staple of my recovery. Um, and I share that with, with the people that I'm coaching because sometimes people think, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm sober. My life is over and it's going to be so boring and I'm never going to have fun again. And same thing with mental health. Like I'm medicated all the time and I don't want to do anything and I don't have energy. Um, I've experienced both of those things. Um, And I I tell people about that because I want them to know like, no, you're not alone. Because that's that's the basis of of what we do as peer recovery specialists is we want people to know you're not alone. I've been through this. Let me help you through this. And the best part is I'm never going to tell you what to do. I want to know what you want to do and how you want to do it. And I'm going to help you along the way to make that happen. Um, those are those are probably the most important things when it comes to um peer recovery coaching and peer support um, because it's not, it's not about us. It's about helping that person to succeed. And I've, I've had it happen to with um, working in a team with clinicians and stuff. And they're like, well, they have this and this is their treatment plan and you need helping them do that. No, I do not because I am not the counselor. I am not the case manager. I am the recovery coach. I'm helping them with the recovery plan that they created. And I don't want to step on any toes because I didn't, I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree. That's, that's what, um, you know, other people on the team have, you know, spent years of their lives working towards so that they could do that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to pretend that I can do any of that stuff because I can't. Uh, And I I tell people that too, that I'm working with, because sometimes they'll ask me, you know, here's what's going on and I need to process this. I can listen. I can't help you process. Um, Equally, you know, I'm I'm not a doctor. When people want to talk to me about medications, they can talk to me about it. And my number one response every time is, have you talked to your medical provider about this yet? Um, and most of the time they say, no, I want to hear what you have to say first. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not a medical provider. Like I can't give you any kind of medical advice and I don't have any experience with these medications. So I, I, I don't have anything to give you other than I really think you should talk to your medical provider. And even just doing that, that just really helps people especially if they're having a hard time with their, with their mental health. Um, Cause I know, I know even myself, like when I first learned about my mental health, I went and talked to everybody about it and got everybody's completely unqualified opinions, which was not helpful for me. It just kind of made me spin out. So when I actually went to my medical provider, um, they helped me to make sense of like, Hey, you know what? Like your brain just makes these chemicals differently. You didn't make that happen and you can't change that. It's just how, how your brain works and it's okay. It's so like, I needed that from a medical professional. So like I said, as, as recovery, peer recovery specialists, we're there to provide that kind of insight to somebody um, not to solve the problem for them to help to get them to the right places to solve those problems. Thank you, Lindsay. So 
Today, we have talked about what peer support specialists do, the varying titles that they are used to describe them, and how they can integrate into a system of care. I want to leave you with these thoughts. Improved outcomes are particularly notable when peer support services are provided to people with chronic conditions that require long-term self-management. Peer recovery support services can feel a need, long recognized by treatment providers, for services to support recovery after an individual leaves a treatment program. And by serving as role models for recovery, providing mentoring and coaching, connecting people to needed services and community supports, and helping in the process of establishing new social networks supportive of recovery, peer support specialists make recovery a presence in their communities send a message of hope fulfilled. Thank you. Um, That was excellent. And thank you so much for sharing your story, Lindsay. Um, And Scott, thanks so much for presenting as well. Um, Does anyone have any questions for Lindsay or Scott? or other reflections or feedback? I, um, I'm not always impressed with the state of Idaho. Speaking here is Sarah Bennett, licensed clinical professional counselor and certified alcohol and drug supervisor at Riverside Recovery in Lewiston, Idaho. Sarah is also a standing panelist on the Echo Idaho Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorders series panel. But when it comes to peer support and recovery coaching, this is one area that our state has been really strong and it's really exciting. And the fact that um, we've got support kind of across the board in with peer support and recovery coaching has made, I mean, it just opens up access to, to treatment and to support that not every other state out there has. And I think that uh, we have to take advantage of it and use it to demonstrate just how important it is because I mean you look at the research I mean the research is very clear and uh, we can find ways to make sure we provide access to peer support recovery coaching our clients are going to do better. Thanks Sarah. Colleen? Thanks Katie yeah I I just have a question. This is Colleen Turk speaking. Colleen is a regular participant in our Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorder series and a clinical counselor at the Leita Recovery Center in Moscow, Idaho. I just wonder about that, the lived experiences phrase. And I think about families who have um, loved somebody and helped them through um, an addiction or a mental illness, but who do not themselves have ever suffered from that. But I wonder if um, we're leaving out some really good role model mentors who don't consider themselves peers because they themselves didn't necessarily go through that. Yeah, that's a that's a a great observation. So um, they actually do have a certification for somebody um, who has those qualifications and it's a certified family support partner. Lindsay, is that in Idaho? Yes, that is that is in Idaho. Um, it is it's for exactly what what Colleen was just describing. Um, you know, people who are the family members who have that experience of helping, um, you know, son, daughter, husband, wife, um, you know, whoever to um, 
to get themselves stable and to go through those those same obstacles um, because those those people are extremely valuable um, and they they can do something that that I can't do because I haven't I haven't ever helped somebody in in my family to do that but it it would be really cool to to see. Um, you know, that, that area also kind of grow and get more people involved in that because I'm constantly getting phone calls from um, mainly parents. What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? I want to help my kid. I want to help my kid. And I'm like, oh man, like I want to help your kid too. I want to help you too. And the best thing for you right now might be to go take care of yourself because you're not helping your kid right now. Where would people find those uh, family support specialists. It looks like Sarah unmuted. Maybe she knows a little bit more about it. So um, family support partners are certified just like peer support. So I would think that that's managed by BPA Health. So you can get a copy of the people that are certified if you request a copy from BPA. Um, and it is a Medicaid billable service as well. So talking to your regional Medicaid person they would probably know who's approved what agencies are approved with that service i could also chime in uh just a little bit uh that nami has several options uh free support groups that are both family driven uh for folks that are family members that um just like you described and also for peers um so those are some other free resources that are available in our communities virtually and in person all right lindsay or scott um knowing that idaho is a rural frontier state that sometimes is under-resourced in different areas what would you recommend to someone if um they don't have peer support specialists in their area that's such a tough question to ask because um, that's one of the things that's on it's on the needs and gaps report every year um, access for for rural communities. Um, you know, I know it's extremely hard to do peer support over the computer, um, not to say, though, that it's not doable because um, we can still do that, even if it's just to set something up that's, you know, like a weekly meeting with somebody to discuss like, hey, like, how is your recovery going? And we can still create um, you know, a RAF plan or a recovery action plan. We can still do all of those things. We do our best. Uh, and though Lindsay mentioned it earlier, it's sometimes a struggle to create that connection and community virtually, but we do our best to allow for that in our virtual programs and it's been um, successful. So uh, if you go to the phoenix.org, regardless of where you are, uh, you can generally find some sort of activity that we can participate with. That again was a didactic presentation titled The Role of Peer Recovery Supports by Lindsey Brown, a certified peer recovery coach supervisor and certified peer support specialist at the Center for Behavioral Health in Boise, and Scott Jones, nationally certified recovery coach and formerly the chapter manager of the Phoenix Recovery Center in Boise. That lecture was recorded live on July 15th, 2021 as a part of Echo Idaho's Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorders series. 
If you'd like to watch the Zoom recording of that presentation, that video is currently available on the Echo Idaho YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. The PowerPoint slide deck, as well as information about how to contact some of the organizations and services mentioned in that talk, are available in our podcast show notes on our podcast webpage, www.uidaho.edu slash echo hyphen podcast. I sat down with Lindsay to follow up with her about her role in the community and how peer support specialists help individuals in recovery as well as their healthcare teams. Welcome to the program, Lindsay. I wanted to start out by just giving you the chance to introduce yourself and uh, remind us where you work and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Lindsay Brown. Uh, I currently work at Center for Behavioral Health as a peer recovery coach. Uh, um, I'm a certified peer recovery coach supervisor and certified peer support specialist. Can you elaborate a little bit on what a peer recovery support is and or like how it how it is the same or different from a peer recovery coach? Yeah, so that's kind of like a unique thing to Idaho of having like this designation of peer recovery coach and peer support specialist. A, a peer recovery coach is somebody with lived experience with substance use disorder. Um, so you're focusing more on the recovery aspect of recovery from substance use disorder, whereas peer support specialist focuses more on the mental health side of things. Um, to be a peer support specialist, you'd be somebody who is in recovery from a mental health diagnosis. Um, and that can also um, be co-occurring with a substance use disorder as well. Okay. And when you say mental health diagnosis, what's like the range of common co-occurring mental health disorders? That you um, really, it's, it's anything. And I, you know, my, my own kind of belief when it comes to, to peer support specialists um, is that it can be for anybody, even without having a mental health diagnosis. Um, when it comes to like billing and things like that, it's probably different because um, that is a requirement for that. But really, you know, peer support is is something that everybody does. You know, we have our peers, our friends, our colleagues um, that, you know, we, we talk to and depending on, you know, what those relationships look like with those people, um, you know, we talk about the things that are going on in our lives example, like an example, you know, if somebody's going through a divorce, like that's, that's a hard thing to get through. And if you have friends who have gone through a divorce, you're probably going to talk to them and talk to them about the things that, that, that you're experiencing, because chances are they've experienced the exact same thing and they can help you to find that path, you know, to, to move past that, to overcome those obstacles, which is what peer support um, and recovery coaching is. It's somebody who's has this lived experience who can can say, Oh, you know what? I know what that's like. You know, I went through this too. And here's something that I tried and here's how it turned out. I don't know. Maybe do you want to, do you want to try that? Let's come up with a plan. And that was, um, it's something that I'm just, I'm so passionate about it. Um, particularly when it comes to substance use disorder. Um, that's kind of, that's, that's kind of like my, uh, my really my area of expertise is recovery from substance use disorder. Um, and I think, you know, 
I, counselors and case managers and the, the clinical side of, of that is so important. But when I have somebody who's sitting in front of me, who's in active withdrawal or has just experienced an overdose, that's something I have personal experience with, which their counselor may or may not, most likely they don't. Um, and, and to be able to say, oh yeah, your, your skin was probably on fire and you want to like peel it off of you. It feels like it's just literally crawling. Um, and they kind of look at me and they're like, wait a minute, like, you know what that's like? And I'm like, yeah, I've overdosed twice. I was in the hospital two times for this. So I, I do know what it's like. And then the, the, um, like the thought process that comes along with that. It's this, it's this really, it's this really personal thing. Um, Cause there's a, there's a lot of guilt and shame that comes along with that. And then to, to talk to somebody else who, who really gets it, who, you know, has also been trained to help you by utilizing their story. Um, it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah, I am kind of curious about your trajectory into the role of a peer support specialist. Was that a part of your recovery journey, having a mentor like that? It actually wasn't. Um, I was the the place that I went to treatment at. Um, I was there for a very long time because it, it took me a long time to like really understand my own stuff that I had going on and my own obstacles. Um, and there was, there was one class in particular that I had a very, very hard time with because it required me to get very honest and very accountable, um, which I'd never done before. And so it was a hard class for me to get through. Um, and I was in that class for about 18 months when most people on average finish it in six to eight. And towards the, towards the end of that class, um, my counselor that, that taught that group, she approached me and she was like, Hey, she was like, I was kind of thinking, you know, you're almost done with this. I would love to have you come back and mentor people in this group. And I was just like, what? Why? And she kind of laughed and she was like, yeah, she's like, you know, you've been in this the longest since I've been teaching it. But what I've seen of where you came from and how hard this was for you to where you actually applied the principles that, that we are trying to teach you and utilizing those skills. She's like, you're in a unique position to help other people to do that. But I finally decided, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it because I did get a lot out of that group. Um, and then after doing that for, for a few months, that that same counselor um, was like, Hey, so I heard about this thing. They're doing a training next month. It's called recovery coaching. I really don't know anything about it, but I think you should do it. Um, and so I, I looked it up and that's when I got trained in 2016. Um, and the, the woman who was the owner of my treatment facility was actually in that training with me. And so I got to, I got to know her, um, and she got to know me as opposed to, you know, this person who had been in treatment. Um, and at the end of that training, I, I just asked her, I said, Hey, you know, I, I'd really love to come and work for you. If you'd be willing to interview me, um, set up an interview, there was a waiting period, um, that I, I had to wait because I'd been in treatment there. And if they were going to give me a job, I think it was like six months or something like that. 
Um, but we waited that, that time period. And I came back, met with her again, and she, she offered me a job right then and there. Wow. Yeah. It was, it's a, a pretty amazing journey. If you ask me, cause I'm like, I did, I didn't have the best track record at that treatment facility for a while. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. And I mean, that's something that I, I think is really cool about the role of a peer support, especially even as a, as a job or a profession, it's something that you actually have to be in recovery to yeah. do. Right. So um, so in some way that that itself could be like a goal or something to look towards. It definitely is. Um, and there's I've worked with a lot of people over the years that have said, I want to do what you do. And I think that's I think that's great. Um, and I'm there to to help people to kind of figure out what that looks like and how to do that. Um but the one thing I always make sure to talk to somebody about is if you are going to do this kind of work, you have to be on top of your recovery 24-7 um, because it's it's really hard and it's different than, you know, in the counseling role or the case manager role, um, that clin- clinical piece of it. It's very different because the the relationship that's developed between me and somebody that I'm working with, it feels like a friendship. It feels like a friendship and you get you get invested in in people and the work that they're doing. Um, and I, I learned the hard way in the beginning to I, I have to to have not have expectations because when I would have expectations, which I did in the beginning, um, I, I thought about quitting this job within the first year many, many times because it was really hard because like I said, it, it feels like a friendship for me and for the person that I'm, that I'm coaching. Um, and thankfully I had, I had amazing people that I worked with, um, and an excellent supervisor who were there to help me. And, you know, they made sure to, um, to reinforce that you need to be on top of your recovery because this, this job can be something. And I've seen this happen over the past five years. Um, it has taken a lot of people back out into their addiction. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I've been kind of curious just to hear you talk about like how people are uh, brought to you or sent to you or how you sort of like establish a mentor mentee relationship are a lot of these like walk-ins or yeah so um a lot of that also depends on on where you're working so like my role that I have now is very different than when I was in a recovery community center Mm -hmm. um whereas where I'm at now the only people that I'm working with are excuse me are the people that are coming in and accessing our services. Um, I don't, I don't go out into the community and essentially um, approach people and things like that. But like when I worked in a recovery community center, you know, people would just come in and sometimes, sometimes they would establish recovery coaching um, services. And other times it would just be, I'm coming here because I want to get into treatment or I need help getting into detox. And we just help them navigate um, what those services look like to help them get into those places. Um, And some of those people we didn't ever see again. Um, It really, it really 
depends. And then, you know, working in a um, outpatient treatment center as well. The only people I was working with were people who were in that treatment center. Um, and I think the most important thing though, in, in any one of those roles is recovery coaching peer support is a, it's a voluntary service. Like you're not required to do it. Um, and it's, in my opinion, like it becomes unfortunate when, um, when people are told, okay, you have to do this. This is now a requirement of your treatment or maybe a court order or treatment court program. Um, cause my, my experience is when you tell me that I have to do something, I don't want to do it. So if you, you bring that into recovery coaching, people think it's, think it's almost like a punishment and it's, that's not what it is. Um, recovery coaching and peer support has to be what that individual wants it to be. They have to be the one steering the ship. Um, I get, I just get to be a passenger alongside them and providing that support and that encouragement, um, and that mentorship, but I don't, I don't tell people what to do. Um, I don't want to tell people what to do. Yeah. Um, I was listening to the talk that you gave with Scott Jones again about peer support. And I remember you saying that like, sometimes you're, you're like taking people to like, if they want to go work out, you like take them, go to the gym with them. Uh, Do you find yourself doing that going with people to different things kind of in the community? Um, Um, Right now I'm still, I'm still getting kind of situated in my role. Um, Mm -hmm at center for behavioral health. Um, and we're, we're still kind of figuring out what that looks like because it is a new service to that company. Um, previously, like in the, in the treatment center and then also the recovery, um, community center, that was something I did all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's where real recovery happens. Um, the, you know, the, the clinical piece of it, and even, you know, sitting down with somebody and creating, um, it's called a wellness plan where it's just life goals, doing all of that in the office setting is great, but now how do we actually make it happen? Um, so particularly, you know, like things like working out, Sometimes people are like, man, I've never worked out a day in my life. And I'm like, Hey, guess what? Me too. Like someone had to spend 20 minutes literally teaching me how to do a squat when I first got sober, because I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Um, and I had somebody who, who helped me. And when I'm like, all right, let's go do this together. Um, people know, wow, this person like really does care. And they really do want to help me because they're going to do it with me. And it, yeah, and it seems like so much of what it's about is like finding the community that's like going to reinforce everything that, you know, um, yeah. you're striving for. Yeah, that community piece is it's so important. Um, and it's it's scary in the beginning. It's really scary because most of the time, most of the people I've worked with, my friends have said the same thing. My own experience when I made this decision, I'm going to get sober now because I want to, not because I have to. Um, the people I was hanging out with, I couldn't hang out with them anymore. They're not, they're not bad people. They just didn't want the same thing that I wanted. But then it's like, 
um, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I, do I just sit at home all day long by myself all the time and like play video games and watch Netflix? Um, which sure, like I can do that sometimes, but I need human connection. We all do. Um, and it's, it's scary. And then it's, well, where do I even find sober people? So helping to navigate that and then even just learning how to like make friends. Cause like, let's, let's be honest, making friends as an adult is weird. Um, and helping people to figure out what that looks like to just build enough self-confidence to go up to somebody and just be like, Hey, my name is Lindsay. You just look like a really cool person or, you know, complimenting something about them to initiate a conversation. Like that's a skill. Yeah, I'm, I kind of want to ask you about Idaho specifically. Are you, are you from Idaho? Did you like grow up in Idaho? No, I'm from Cleveland. Oh, I moved okay. to Idaho in 2013. Now that you're here in Idaho and you've kind of been um, been around for a while, I'm curious to hear about your take on uh, like uh, peer support services as they exist for people who may be kind of starting that recovery process or starting to think about it. Um, do you feel like there are a lot of resources for people? Um, I think resources in general, there's a lot in Boise specific, like peer support. Um, we need more. We, we need more, um, you know, and, and the rural areas, you know, I, I don't have very much experience working in rural areas. Um, but I do know from, you know, colleagues that, that I've coordinated with, um, they, they tend to be jealous of everything that we have in Boise because, you know, we're, we're very fortunate in, you know, Boise, Meridian, Nampa, Caldwell, the, the treasure Valley area that we have a lot of resources. Um, but I, I really feel for the people working in this field who aren't in the Treasure Valley um, because it's it's so much harder for them. And you know, when I was at the recovery community center, because we had a, a statewide hotline that people could call so that they could get connected to a recovery coach and you know, we could get them connected to their local um, recovery community center, whichever one was closest. But specifically, um, peer support and recovery coaching, we, we need more, right? So many, so many people I think have fallen into, like they get out of this cycle of addiction and they, then they end up in this like cycle of treatment where, you know, something happens, whatever that is, they make a decision um, or someone makes a decision for them. You need to go to treatment. So they come to, they come to treatment and all right, so you're going to, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. And in order to graduate this program, like here's where you have to be at. And so people, people do that and they graduate and they feel really, really great and all that stuff. And they, you know, continue on with their life. And then three months, six months, usually always less than a year later, they're back again. And they go through the whole assessment process again and do all of that. And I hear this all the time from people. Um, I could teach these classes. Yeah, you're probably right. You probably could teach the material, 
But if you really knew this stuff, you would not be sitting here again. So where, where can we take this cycle of like, okay, we're going to rinse, wash, repeat and keep doing that until someone gets it. Or where can we change that cycle? And my opinion on that is you change that cycle by utilizing peer support services and recovery coaching and saying, okay, instead of doing the same classes over again, We're going to have you do a couple of classes just so you can have some routine so you can have somewhere that you can go to process some stuff, you know, um, meeting with other people who are in the same spot you are. But then we want you to meet with a recovery coach one to two times a week so that you can work on when I am not in this building, when I am not sitting here with my, my support team what am I doing? What can I do? And how do I execute these things? Because true recovery does not happen in the treatment center. I could come to treatment. I could tell you all of the, all of the skills and all of the things and all the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing and then walk out that door and, and, you know, go, go to a bar or go to a trap house, any one of those things. I could, I could do that because I'm not in this safe place anymore. Now I'm kind of left to my own devices and I haven't honed in how to actually utilize these skills, you know, three hours in in a group twice a week, one hour with a counselor once a week. So that's, that's six hours out of your whole week. There's, I think it's a hundred and 168 hours in a week. And I'm spending six hours of that in a treatment where I'm supposed to learn how to like deal with everything in my life and how to change my behavior in six hours a week. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Where can we, where can we give some extra support? And that's where recovery coaching and peer support come comes in handy because if you can show me somebody who can help me teach help teach me something new by doing that with me, it's probably going to stick because now we're not just talking about it. We're actually doing it. We're executing whatever that plan is. And I have somebody right there who's, who's just, Hey, you can do this. You got this. I'm right here with you. What do you need me to do? It takes the fear out of it. And yeah. And being able to like lead by example. And like Mm -hmm. you said before, like having that your story, um, to kind of empower others with. Yeah. That's the, that's the most important, um, important tool that recovery coaches and peer supports have is, is our story. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, you can come and you can come talk to me about about anything, but I can't, I can't process things with you because I do not have that training. I am not a counselor. And I think it's very important for the, um, the peer support person to have that conversation with somebody in the beginning. I cannot process things with you. I will always, always, always listen. If I have relevant experience to share, I will when it is appropriate. I'm, I'm going to tell you though, if it's something you're going through, that's pretty heavy, you should probably talk to your counselor about that because they can help you to process and learn a new skill. And once you learn the new skill, you can come with me and we can go practice it. I can't teach it to you though. Do you have any things that we didn't touch on that uh, you feel it's important to get out there? Um, you know, I think one of the most important things, um, 
the, the, the work that I get to do and that a lot of my friends get to do in this recovery coaching and peer support world, um, we're here. Like we, we are professionals. I don't like it when people say pair of professionals. I don't like that term for anything. We're professionals. Um, and we're, we're here to help in a, in a different way than what, than what counselors and doctors and case managers do. Um, but we're here to help those people to make their job easier too. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a really important service and, um, I'm glad that you are doing it. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. That again was an interview with Lindsay Brown, certified peer recovery coach supervisor and certified peer support specialist at the Center for Behavioral Health in Boise. Information about how to contact the organizations and services that Lindsay mentioned are available in our podcast show notes on our website, www.uidaho.edu slash echo hyphen podcast. If you're interested in joining our free live echo sessions to receive continuing education credit, learn best practices, ask a question, or grow your community, please visit our website at www.uidaho.edu echo, where you can register to attend, sign up to receive announcements, donate, and find out more information about our programs. Something for the Pain is brought to you by Echo Idaho, supported by the Whammy Medical Education Program and the University of Idaho, and is made possible by V-Corp, the Valley County Opioid Response Project. There's an epidemic going around called OPIOID. In the gym state, the overdose rate is on the RISE. To change it will take community-wide EFFORT. That's why they started VCOR, the VCORP. Well, I'm glad to know in Idaho there's the VCORP. A Valley County INITIATIVE. A community wide effort to reduce opioid OD through prevention, education, treatment, and recovery. We here at Echo also want to hear your feedback. We welcome your questions, comments, and suggestions and invite you to email us at echoidaho at uidaho.edu. And don't forget to subscribe to Something for the Pain using your podcast app. And if you have a moment, write us a review. Something for the Pain is made possible by grant number GA1RH39585 from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA. Its contents are solely the responsibility of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of CDH or HRSA. Well, I'm glad to know that Idaho's got the VCORP in Valley County Voices you heard at the beginning of the episode were those of Lindsey Brown, Sarah Bennett, and Scott Jones, respectively. We'd also like to thank the other contributing voices on today's episode, Katie Palmer and Colleen Turk. We'd also like to thank the other members of our Counseling Techniques for Substance Use Disorders panel, Drew Holiday, Nari, Sue, and Natalia Samudovsky. We'd also like to thank all of our listeners, without whom none of this would be possible. Without you, we'd just be talking to ourselves. 
Lachelle Smith is the Echo Idaho Program Director. Katie Palmer is our Assistant Director. Our Marketing Manager is Lindsay Lotus. Our Program Manager is Lindsay Winters-Jewel. Jessica Whitlock is our Continuing Education Coordinator. Our Program Coordinators are Kayla Blades, Jocelyn Elvira, Laura Jackson, and Sam Steffen. There's a handful every month. Echo